0: Hello and welcome to the Youth Initiative Scotland podcast. Thank you for joining us once again. We've got a great show coming up today. I really, really enjoyed this interview. If you'd like to hear more about what Youth Initiatives is doing just now, go to our website, youthinitiativescot.com. Follow us on Twitter at YISC underscore 2018. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Youth Initiative Scotland. We were joined on the show today by Laura Winnery, Laura has come up through yi she tells us about her experience of growing up in belfast in the 90s and all that that meant for the tail end of the troubles and seeing that in school and the sublime and the ridiculous and the funny and the scary and everything that that she encountered she tells us about her journey and youth initiatives and and how they tackled some of the cross community issues and how she was able to address them and continues to address them in her work now hope you enjoy the show thank you for joining us
1: Yes, here we go. Laura Winnery. I have been looking forward to doing this interview for a wee while. Laura is someone who brings a lot of joy to everybody she meets. Laura and I worked together for a couple of years in youth initiatives a few years back in Northern Ireland. And she tells the worst jokes that I've ever heard and somehow still makes them funny. Um, Laura is a delight to be around. Laura is a good friend uh, and... Delighted to have you on today Laura, thank you for coming.
2: Thank you Andy, you're awful kind, what an introduction.
1: (laughs) 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 Uh, Well, I've I've, I've had you on the list, I've had you on the list and that's one that I need to get. So, just before we get into it, tell us a little bit bit about what you're up to, what's life looking for you, what's life looking like for you just now in these mental times?
2: Yeah, great question. Um... I mean, life's been pretty it's hard to explain, I think, um and it's different since it began, so when lockdown started, I was one of the lucky ones that was put under the furlough scheme mm. um and it was a bit of a in in some way it was a bit of a blow because your whole routine goes mm-hmm. down no um but I was quite motivated to do all these wonderful amazing things, and you know. Have a master's degree by the end of the whole thing. Um, Mary Berry or Picasso—you know—all these new skills that you always wanted to actually do something about and never did. Um, and then after a week, I was just proud of myself for getting out of bed in the morning. Um, kind so <laughs> of stayed like that for the past while. I've been, you know, every day is get up, get out for a run, which is good. Um, my my um. Exercise routine has certainly went through the roof, which mm. has been really. Um, and pattern about and um, baking when I've never really baked before, and um, you you find yourself with random bits and pieces to do throughout the day. And I have went through. I'm currently living in my dad's my what well, the house I grew up in, and I've went through the attic to clear out all my stuff.
0: Okay,
2: so oh. now like, oh, why have I kept all these? Random letters and cards and toys, and some opening up my memory box from 20 odd years ago, so it's been fun in some
1: way. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's good. It's just so weird. Some of the things yeah. you end up doing during the day that's, um, as it's it, that is one of the blessings of it is that you get you do things that you wouldn't have done otherwise, okay. but it's a uh, it's strange. Good. Good. So, tell us a little bit about yourself, tell us your story. Um, where, where did you grow up? What was, it, what was the area that you grew up in like and whereabouts in Belfast, is it?
2: Yeah, so I grew up in an area called Dunmarie, which is um, in West Belfast, um, but situated um, in between the likes of areas like Poglass, Glenbrook and like um the Murray was this little aspiring middle class area in the midst of it all. It was just this like that I had gates on my driveway um
1: mm.
2: <laughs> but by no means were we middle class. may I make that very clear um my parents just worked very hard um so i grew up in a lovely area to be quite honest, and um, my parents knew everybody else's parents, and all my friends everyone knew one another, so it was quite a, a close. Community. So if you got in trouble, everybody knew. So you tended not to really get into trouble. Um, and I went to the local primary school called Saint Anne's, and then made my way to a school called Saint Louise's, which was right in the heart of the Falls Road. Mm-hmm. And past, um, one of the more contentious areas and the hot spot during the the troubles. Um, my dad was from the Falls Road, um, and it was, it was an incredible experience because St. Anne's was a lot less, um, let's just say working class, let's just be blunt about it, um, and so moving in the, the likes of St. Louis's, um exposed me to family backgrounds that I wasn't really aware of actually, I went the whole way through mm-hmm. school, really knowing anybody whose parents were separated or didn't talk to their family or anything like that. Um and so I was I was exposed to a whole new like life and culture and um became a little more street smart, I suppose.
1: hmm mm-hmm. Interesting. You see it was during um was a hotspot during the troubles, was that? When were you at school and do you remember anything from the troubles that like
2: Yeah, good during question during your school time? Yeah, a couple. well yeah, I suppose. So I went to school in the 1990s, 94 is when I was in primary school and in 2002 is when I went to secondary school. Um, but I suppose when I was like 6, 7, 8, the end of the, the 1990s, um, the army were quite prevalent in our street and in our area. Um, I do remember seeing an army man just out in our garden, ducked behind a wall with his gun. Like um, inside your garden? Inside my garden. Um oh. but it was the and to me it was normal because I have seen it on T V every single yeah. day. Yeah. Um and we would have talked a lot of you know, politics and, and news in our house. Um and then we were out running around the streets and there was another big army jeep and guys got out with the guns and we just went up to him. It was like, Here mister, can we see your gun?
0: Like, <laughs>
2: yeah sure and i like held it up and yeah. we were able to i was like can i hold that and like no mm. um and then we had some cracking stuff it was a brilliant story when we were in secondary school in st Louis's. um you have to imagine some of the characters that i was in school with just absolutely fab um so out there just so out there and lots of fights i went there it was an all-girls school the biggest Apparently, the biggest all-girls Catholic school in Western Europe at right. the time—two thousand okay. of us, all in the one building—and um, so you can only imagine. Um, so it was fights every day. It was great, actually, great entertainment. Um, but um, there was one day when um, two—actually, the girls in my class—and for some reason, there was a big tapestry, right, all thread and wool, that um, sat on the landing between the art department and the science department
0: mm-hmm.
2: and it was a glorious sunny day outside and we all wanted to have class outdoors and the teachers wouldn't let us but just after lunch um, the fire alarm went off and the fire alarm had previously been going off for about six weeks every day because we were re all the fire alarms and resetting the school's huge so it took about six weeks for them to like assess it so every day three times a day, the fire alarms would go off just to check them and you would know it was a test and that was grand. And this fire alarm went off and everyone was like, mm, go again. And after about 20 seconds it was still going off and the teacher from the classroom next door put his thro- boot through the door of our classroom like, it's a real fire, get out. And we're like, oh my god, all this! <laughs> so we <laughs> just both outside, it's class, glorious sunshine running around. Um, but what had happened is this girl had taken a can of Lynx deodorant and put it up to the tapestry and just lighted it. And the whole thing just went kaboof. But it was right beside science department. So it was like mm-hmm. chemicals, useless mm-hmm. and all sorts um, And then when asked why she did it, she's like, I just wanted to see what would happen. <laughs> the whole school went there. But um, a lot of people would have been like anti-police. Let's put it that way, anti-established mm. um and so the fire brigade came down. That was fine. They put the fire out. And then the police had to come down. So it was about two or three big. And the PSNI over here don't drive around necessarily in cars. It's in big jeeps. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they came down in the big patrol jeeps. And one of the cars beside me took it's a carton of suki, and suki is a is orange juice mm-hmm. in a in a carton. And she just—it was as if it was a petrol bomb—and she just at the police team. <laughs> I know it's a really random story, but it's like, what why would you have done that? For what reason? Um so it's just an example of some of the absolute yeah, crazy yeah. I'm the to go to school with. Um but again people that grew up in the shadow of the troubles I suppose and had seen all this people throwing stuff at the police mm-hmm. all the day it was normal, normal behaviour. So mm-hmm. they just so the police who were coming in to help and had something in the hand and lobbed it at them. Um suki bomb.
1: Yeah. <laughs> strange times. Strange
2: Aye. times. We've, strange
1: times. I know, it's it's fascinating. Because it's, it's, um, I grew up around the same time, obviously, and it's like, I thought I had some sort of idea of what was going on. Because you see things in the news and all that, but it... See when you when I hear people's lived experience of it, it's, it's um that's strange. However, as soon as you said there was a tapestry in the school, I knew exactly what was going to, <laughs> what that story was going to involve. Um, yeah. So th- th- there are some things that go across cultures. <laughs> um, cool. And uh, Jason so so, where was your school like how did you go on at school then did you enjoy school sounds like you did
2: yeah i do you know i love school we had, we had a blast i grew up in a house with three older brothers um mm. and i was going to survive in a, a school of all girls but um absolutely loved it we did every day we had something to laugh about There was a good squad of us who were who were friends and just made it really fun for each other um and it was an incredible school as well just really cared about you and so i found that as a place that just helped me to um just grow in lots of different skills academically i was all right but nothing exciting um but got really involved in lots of other drama and sport and all that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. and it was it was a really yeah they always say your school years are your best years and i would have to agree Mm -hmm. Mm
1: Cool. At what point then what point did you meet uh, youth initiatives?
2: Yeah, well, so one of my three brothers um was heavily involved in youth initiatives for many years and it was just always something that I'd heard of but didn't know much about. Carl would just every so often we'd like game way up the YI which, I don't know what that is. Um but there's a ten year age gap between myself and Carl um and as an annoying little sister would do. He was like, can I come with you? Everywhere my yeah. brothers were going, I just wanted to go with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was always told no. And then one day, Carl, I was like, what are you doing tonight? He says, I'm going up the YI. He says, can I come with you? Knowing it was going to be no. And for some strange reason that day, I went, yeah. I like, oh, I've made it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so up I went. I snuck in. I was a bit younger than the... Um, age bracket that you were meant to be so why works with 11 to 14s on one program 15 to 18s on another and I was 13 at the time but Carl was going to the 15 to 18 year program so I kind of snapped into the older group Um, and it was brilliant actually it was just a really great atmosphere there was an amazing welcome um, when we came through the door in fact we were late and they kind of stopped what they were doing and announced that Carl Winnery had walked through the building um and he did this whole like yeah look at me sort of I'm here yeah. everyone applauding cheering and then they'd, they'd spotted that I was behind him they're like oh and there's three sisters here too so I just copied Carl and did the same thing like, yeah
0: <laughs>
2: um but it was a great it was a great evening um and in fact they were talking about it was one of their faith nights they were talking about God and having a relationship with Him um and I was like oh interesting but cool up for it um. And everybody came over to to speak to me afterwards and make me feel welcome. Um, And I think two or three people asked me the same question. They said, You want to come back next week? And I'd never thought about coming back next week, um, but felt that that was an invitation to do so. I was like, "Um, Yeah, I I will come back next week. And, you know, there it was. Fast forward 13 years later, and I was still involved.
1: Mm-hmm. cool cool um so what were the first obviously people inviting you back was one of them but what were some of the first things that you like liked about it um and and made you keep coming back and back
2: i suppose the atmosphere of the place um it really was a place of welcome um and there was a sense of no matter who you were you were welcome to be there um mm. even if you didn't know anyone there's a lot of fun as well um it was just a bunch of teenagers having having a good time um enjoying themselves in a really safe environment um and there was a, there was a bit of wackiness about it. there was games that were really stinking, but really good fun <laughs> and coke can't like can't coke through somebody else's sock and like in the tail out of it <clears throat> nappy and like really gross things that were a bit strange but really good fun um, but there was just a, a sense of people looking out for you and caring for you as well that, that came around very quickly. Um, you never felt that nobody, that somebody didn't want you to be there or that nobody cared about whether you were there or not. Um, people cared that you were there. People cared that you were doing well. Um, and people cared that you came back and, and felt like
1: you mm-hmm. could. You mm-hmm. said there... Um the, the the first night you went up it was it was a it was a faith night um but were you coming from a perspective of believing in god or something like that but you also said that no matter who you were you were welcome like how how does how do those two things jive together
2: yeah it's not a story in itself um i so i was about 13 at the time and faith was important to me when i was a kid we, we our house, um, taught to say our prayers and we were brought to mass each week but God was a concept and he mm. was there but that was about it um, and an aunt of mine would have encouraged me in my faith maybe a bit more um, and would have brought me away to different um, faith trips or pilgrimages and, and places to prayer places of prayer um, and so it was something that was important to me but I didn't know much about um, and from being involved in why that really changed um I do remember just it was honestly two weeks before I went up these initiatives that um I'm from a Catholic background and going to Mass on a Sunday was a tradition so I was at Mass um on a Sunday and I had just this notion at the end of it like if God is really who I'm being told he is there's got to be more than this 45 minutes on a Sunday. Hmm. It was just a thought and it disappeared and that was it. Um, but I, I, a very vivid memory of, of that taking place. And then on the whole two weeks later, I'm up in Youth Initiatives. And then two weeks after that again, um, there was a residential that was taking place and I was invited on the residential. And so I went and... um for the weekend the content of the different sessions that we were doing and amongst games and having the crack essentially um, was looking at relationships and that was relationships between um ourselves and our parents, ourselves and our friends, romantic relationships etc etc but um, more importantly relationship with God and the very first thing that was said on the Friday night when we arrived was I don't care who you are, where you're coming from, but no one is leaving this weekend without deepening or starting a relationship with God. There's a sense that somebody had. I was like, that sounds good and God's important to me, but like, but I can't really see myself being one of those mm-hmm. sort of folks that takes us any more seriously than an expression. Um, and then through the course of the weekend, hearing that like, a relationship with God is something that could be had, and um, something that much like other relationships in our lives where you talk to someone and they talk back, um you, you can have that with God. So that's bizarre, but um throughout the course of the weekend I really I think experience is the word I really experienced um a very real connection with God for the first time. Um, and I believe it was the the power of the Holy Spirit just awakened a a sense within me that that this is real and this is something that's tangible and something that um, I can do something about, I I need to respond to this and react to the fact that God the creator of the world actually loves me and Mm. wants to have a relationship with me Um, and that really just started a whole new chapter in my life and I wanted to know more and got really captivated at that moment in time and picked up the bible and started to read it and prayed every day and just saw an actual relationship with god develop and it's been i still have it -hmm. i still have it
1: good good could you give me your top three yi moments if you can boil it down to three if there's like three standout memories it could be profound things it could be funny things or
2: I mean there's hundreds and thousands it's really hard um I think of the off the top of my head I think I've got like one that I really loved something that was really funny um and something that was profound so um there was a why is famous for doing a camp every two years Mm -hmm. i lived and breathed why i camp just loved it it was four days away it was like why on steroids it was all (laughs) intense it was always raining um but it was just class it was just so much fun and um i had been on three YI camps and then on my I must have been my third or fourth one. Um, I was asked to be the MC for the camp and it was like the most amazing thing ever. It was like I'd struck gold, I just loved it. Um, And it was myself and Daniel Calderon, who was a gap year, Mm -hmm. been a gap year from Costa Rica. And we just had so much fun putting all the work in beforehand and then just guiding people through why camp experience was just class. and it was it's a, an opportunity for people to really grow in friendships but get away from life and its norm and opportunities to develop a relationship with God and also just sit and soak and, like sleep in puddles because it was always raining and oh, it was just brilliant. I just loved it. So that's definitely one, the way I can't mm-hmm. experience Um I do have a really, like. For some reason, one of my f- first memories is um, or not first memories, but first things come into my head. But a why I memory is actually to do with Curtis Harmon, um, and it was in the old PC center, the old project center, which was an old swimming pool owned by the army general back in the, goddamn what sixties or something, and his the, his own swimming pool. Um, they had a cover on it to make it a floor so it was, we could use it um, as a meeting place but if you lifted up this little like trap door on the floor it was a big storage but it was like a, the yeah. room. There's a swimming
1: was yeah. swimming yeah. I was down there um, many a time
2: oh you could get lost um, but long story short Curtis was being Curtis at the time and um, being boisterous and probably showing off about something he will not mind me saying that and um was walking backwards and talking to someone at the same time and the, the door <laughs> underneath was open and all of a sudden you seen him and the next minute <laughs> he was gone. He just like completely fell down the trapdoor. It was one of the best things you could have ever hoped to witness. <laughs> I don't know why that's one of the but it's just you just laughed and laughed and laughed for oh hours on that one. Um but also it's just a glimpse of just the silly things make yeah, well, yeah. silly memories.
1: But it is it was it's the culture that we had up there in the PC. Like it was just you were there to have fun and you were there to like you get laughed at, you laugh with people, like but it wasn't it was always like everybody wanted the best for each other. And everybody wanted each other to do well and all that. And when something like that happened, someone like Curtis um Oh, I mean, obviously it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. <laughs> of course. <It's> that. <laughs> but, uh, but things like that were just, uh, they were like funny times ten. Do you know what I mean? I don't know, don't know why, just because it was like just used there. Yeah. Um, oh, brilliant.
2: Yeah, and there's hundreds of those stories. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. hundreds of them. Um, then again, I suppose like a, a third key memory is my crossings experience mm. essentially is our, is our I still say our and mm. we um cross community performing arts program and um it was just brilliant for thousands of reasons but some key memories of that um involve um doing show pieces at big events and conferences. Um, so every so often we were like led out of school to go to this big community relations or funding or political conference and put on a piece from one of our shows that um, and somewhat showed you know the difference between Catholic young people in West Belfast and Protestant young people in East Belfast and how they can come across the divide and be friends with one another and um, that always had a bit of wit and humour about them and that was just really cool it's the amazing experiences of um, travel and broaden your horizons um, and being involved in those sort of big events that you are like oh these people actually care about young people and they want to, to see a difference in their lives that's it's pretty cool. Um, yeah and one of our yeah I would say one of our greatest shows um, that we did uh, was called Made in Belfast and what year would that have been? 2016, 15 maybe? Um, needless to say.
1: 13, um, 12, I, I was there.
2: Because my final year uni, Yeah. Mm. And um, we based that on the current affairs that were going on in Belfast at the time and what had happened was the union flag, the British union flag, flew above Belfast City Hall um, different days of the year and nobody noticed. I had been flying there from day dot and no one really noticed nor paid attention until a um, a bill was passed within City Hall to take the union flag down and only flat on designated days. Right. And okay. This... Then started a huge uproar right across, mostly Belfast, and the media really got massively involved. And this this um, vote took place on the Monday, and crossings met every Monday night, and um, there was protests around Belfast. There was small pockets of rioting that were taking place um, over this decision, and it just it all just kind of got out of hand. And we had met. Um, But the young people from West Belfast over the East, they run our normal crossings programme. And that evening we just talked about what was going on, like the flag was coming down and um, people were getting really upset about this. And we had a conversation and the young people got really involved and it was amazing to see um, young people caring about this and caring about Mm -hmm. the local community and the impact it was having. And we decided to base the whole show around Belfast at the time. And even when, the young people were getting on the bus to go back home. There was bricks thrown at the bus, and there was young people were like, "Oh, you know, there's somebody from another community in our area." And I was like, it doesn't. This didn't bother you yesterday, but all of a sudden. Um, and so one one of the the great pieces um, during that show was we were always talking about you know what do you, what do you think about the flag coming down? How does it make you feel? And what do you think about the flag coming down? How does it make you feel? And then we were we were just like wonder how the flag feels <laughs> <laughs> it's, about, it's coming down. nobody cares about it nobody's asked its opinion um it personified the flag and the a whole thing on the flag on him for therapy and counseling and <laughs> listening to me and no one's talking to me about how i feel uh, uh, really excellent
1: uh, i remember I, I was there i think i might have been driving the bus that night but uh, i was there then and I was around, I, I was involved cross-links a lot more my first year, I th- but I was still involved heavily the second year, but um, I remember like seeing that scene for the first time and just thinking it was just genius writing. Um, but we did the show in Belfast City Hall, eh? We were able to get the... Yeah. Ashley
2: the... Holmes, absolutely, I did herself that year as the as the director and the, the script writer, like it was incredible show and doing it in city hall was
1: amazing as well
2: yeah, that was amazing that was
1: great oh, that, really was, that was funny know yeah, the first time i heard that or that we've made the flag a character and, and the flag's going to import NFA because he's not wanted does it feel um it's, it's, and it's just such a creative way to engage young people in that conversation and then to hang me I, I i love that I love that about crosslinks. What it does, cool. Mm. So, what's um, what's why i meant for your life? Where are you because of it, and where might you be without it?
2: Great question. I can un- actually there's two questions there. Mm. Um, I can answer one. I can't answer the other, um, because I have no idea where I would be mm. without it. I I, just, I cannot answer that, and I've tried to think about it before and just not wanted to mm. because, mm-hmm. um. But where am I because of it? I um, have incredible friends, that friendships that have lasted fifteen years. I um, have a really rich faith life. That without it, I really wonder what how others who um, don't have a relationship with God like how they find purpose and meaning and joy and um make sense of the world i I don't really know how you can do it without him um and i've got incredible rich life experiences i've traveled the globe with yi from um the middle east the america the africa um it's been incredible um and it awakens me a passion for politics i got really involved politics here in Belfast. Um, I've grown in many, many different life skills um from how to have a conversation with someone to um how to pitch a tent to you know the just to miss in the things you learn without realizing you're learning them. Um and yeah I've I've found myself I, I worked for YI for many years afterwards. Um on their faith development program and just wanting to... In some way, we create the life experience that I had for other young people and just let them know that somebody cares about them and sees potential in them and giving them space to connect with God and connect with others um, and just grow. Um, And that's something that I care about doing um, with the rest of my time and days.
1: Mm-hmm. Wait, so what are you... Just say a little bit. What, what do you do now? What do you work as now?
2: Yeah. Um. Well, currently I work with um an organisation called Alpha, and Alpha runs the Alpha course, which is a opportunity and introductory course to um faith and to who God is, who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is. Um. And so with Alpha Northern Ireland, um, I look after the um youth programme and our Alpha in the Catholic context. And it's been, um, I've been with Alpha for the past two years. And it's been incredible to see other people just get engaged in the conversation around faith and what it means to them, and to bring that into schools and give people an opportunity to discuss that in school in a really relaxed and free environment. Um, to see churches um, outreach and open their doors to the new people has um, been amazing as well. So I've been really loving that work.
1: Good. Cool. Um, two last questions to finish. When are you coming to visit YI Scotland? And what's your favourite joke?
2: I will come and visit YI Scotland once these restrictions are lifted. Mm. <laughs> I'm over, absolutely. Would love to get involved in YI Scotland and work that you're doing there. Um, particularly in, your, in the schools, i so I quite heavily in schools at the moment. Um, so yeah, whenever whenever we can make it happen, I'm there. Do many. Good old um and uh favorite joke. Um there's many. Um but I've normally started every routine with the same one and that's uh what biscuits can fly. Dunno. We played once.
1: <laughs> I don't know why I said it. I don't know. I I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're Not the first time I've heard that joke. <laughs> We've ones. once. Um, Laura, thanks very much for your time. Um, it's been really, really inspiring talking to you. Um, you've clearly, clearly got a heart for 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 people and for for the work that you've been doing and cross community work and politics and and everything. And, and I always enjoy spending time with you and talking to you. So. Thank you for your time and wish you all the best in this lockdown and maybe we'll see Mary Berry or Picasso coming out at some point soon, the longer this goes.
2: Cheers. Thanks Andy, I really enjoyed it.
0: It's been a real pleasure.
1: Thanks Laura. God bless.